God loves his children. God can see everything, and his ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Naomi experienced some of these things, though she did not realize it. She was looking at the circumstances in her life like everything had gone wrong, and she was basically left out all alone. But what she didn't realize is God's hand was on her the whole time. So if you're writing this morning, I have, first of all, here Naomi's arrival. Naomi's arrival. Keep in mind that Naomi and Ruth have left the Moab. If you remember, it was a very wicked country. Their husbands had died. Naomi had also lost her boys, which was one of which was Ruth's husband. They had left all that. They were destitute. They were pretty much left out in the cold. They had nothing. And they had heard that God had visited her people in Israel. So Naomi wanted to go back. Ruth claimed to her. And so we see Naomi's arrival. The Bible says in verse number 19, So they too went out, went until they came to Bethlehem. Now what's so interesting about that phrase? So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. I don't know about you, but when we tend to go somewhere, we usually end up where we tend to go, right? That's the goal anyways. Well, keep in mind that Moab was about 50 miles away from Bethlehem. It was not an easy journey. In fact, you had to go 4,000 feet into the air, almost as high as Mount Hood, and then back down again to get to Bethlehem. You had to go through the Jericho Pass. You had to go through some desert area. It was not an easy journey. It was a very difficult journey. It was something that for two women was probably who weren't accustomed to hiking and all that. It was a, it was a difficult journey. They, we don't think they had horses. We don't think they had camels. We don't think, they probably walked. By the way, this is just me. How many wish that God would leave more details sometimes, right? So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. Now, How in the world did that happen? We don't know. But we do know about the lay of the land and how difficult it would have been. But also we'll see this morning how dangerous it would have been. Huey says, nothing is told of the events along the road back to Bethlehem. But considering the thieves that frequently lurked lurked along the roads, it must have been a very dangerous trip. In fact, Ezra 8, verse number 22 talks about this very same journey. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Usually when people made this journey, they made it with accompaniment, with soldiers. They made it with people who had weapons. They made it with people who could help protect them. In fact, Jesus talks about this very way in Luke 10 verse 30. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. So this was a very difficult journey, but no doubt it was a very dangerous journey as well. But what happens? Well, the Bible says there in verse number 19, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem. So what's interesting to me is this difficult journey, this dangerous journey, 
We see the hand of God evidently because they made it safely. Have you ever prayed for safety somewhere? And you got there and then you prayed and thanked God for the safety he gave you. And God's hand was on these ladies as they went this difficult and this dangerous journey. And here we find them coming to Bethlehem, the place of praise. Uh, Judah means praise, we've learned already. The place of his presence. Of course, we know that God had visited his people. The place of his provision. We know Bethlehem means house of bread and the place of his people. They were kindred spirits. Finally, Naomi was home. She arrived. And we see this morning the providential hand of God in the safe passageway of Naomi and Ruth. May I say this morning, you and I are just like Naomi and Ruth in the fact that we're pilgrims on a journey. Second, First Peter 2.11 But may we on this journey take heart that the one who is the same yesterday, today, and to forever is the one who is willing to begin a good work and perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you realize this morning that Jesus is with you every step of your journey? Even when it's dangerous, even when it's difficult, Jesus is with you. Some of you are experiencing a journey today that is way more difficult than the journey I've taken. Some of you are dealing with health issues. Some of you are dealing with relationship struggles. Some of you are dealing with housing issues. Some of you are dealing with work things. Some of you are dealing with relationship struggles. Or someone you love is just going through it. And it's hard. It's difficult. It's dangerous. But may I say the Bible tells us in John 14, 3, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. We have that blessed promise that one day we will be with Jesus if we're a child of God. But it's also interesting to note that Jesus is going to be with us every step of the way. So we see, first of all, the providential hand of God in Naomi's life. Just the fact that she was able to arrive in Bethlehem. Some of you are here today. Maybe a flyer on your door. Maybe a friend invited you. Maybe a family member invited you. Maybe you're a faithful member and you came because you knew it was the right thing to do. But you're here. God brought you here today. He has something for you. We see the safety, the hand of God on the arrival of Naomi. But second of all, I want us to see if you're writing Naomi's appearance. Naomi's appearance. Now this is kind of interesting because we see that God's hands on her, even though she seems to be a little different. The Bible says, and it came to pass, in verse number 19, when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. I see Naomi's appearance caused disruption. If you look up the word moved, it means shook up. It means the whole city echoed with excitement. It was like someone famous was coming, or it was like someone like Naomi who is coming back. And Hubbard says it could have been that she was an affluent woman, or someone with much uh, influence, or someone with some, some power, someone who was well known in the city who had left, and now she's come about. The whole city was stirred with excitement. No doubt she was a talk of the town, and one person said, if it would have been, if it would not have been for that, Boaz maybe not would have even known that Ruth and Naomi were there. God orchestrated this. A stirring in the town. It caused disruption, but second of all, it created through difficulty. 
The Bible says in verse number 19, Is this Naomi? They said. Now, I don't know about you. But ladies, you probably wouldn't be too excited if 10 years from now, somebody were to come up to you and say, Wow, is that really you? <laughs> you didn't age very well, maybe. I remember several years ago, uh, there was this app that came out that was an aging app. Does anybody remember that? Like one person remembered it in 830. So thank you for some of you helping me today, okay? And, you know, there was a lot of conspiracy theories about that. It could have been true. But if you use that app, then China could get all your information and all this. And anyways, I risked it, okay? And I took a picture. And I'm going to put it on the screen. No, I'm not going to put it on the screen today. But <laughs> I have that picture. I'll show it to you. No, I won't. So I looked at it and I thought, wow, that is me. I don't like how me is going to look in 30 years, you know. But I could tell it was me. Even my kids. My one son said, is that grandpa? <laughs> one day I'll be your kid's grandpa. You know, so, uh, but anyways, I could still tell it was me. But it's something about this woman's appearance that people questioned. They were surprised. They were astounded. This is Naomi? What happened to you? And you see a woman who's lived a hard life. She has dealt with some harsh treatment and altered appearance. She's lost a husband. She's lost two sons. She's lost a daughter-in-law. She's lost her identity. She feels worthless. She feels like she has no hope. She feels like she's all alone. And she's come back. And people say, Naomi, what happened? Is this really you? You don't even look the same. Matthew Henry said it this way. He said, afflictions will make great and surprising changes in a little time. Say, Pastor Justin, why, why are you spending time on this today? Because you may be experiencing a difficult trial like Naomi. But as we're going to find in Naomi's life, God can use that trial to build strong faith in your life. Moloch says it this way, Good timber does not grow in ease. The stronger wind, the tougher trees. By sun and cold, by rain and snows, and tree or man, good timber grows. Now, I don't want to pretend to know what you're going through or even act like I can understand what you're going through. But I can tell you one thing. God can use it to build stronger faith in your life. Say, Pastor Justin, how do you know? I watched that in my parents' life. I watched it as they went through a trial that was devastating. It shook them. It was hard. It affected us children. But yet their faith grew stronger and stronger. And I want to encourage you today, no matter what your appearance, if you will, is, that God sees and God's going to use it for his glory if you'll let him. Spurgeon said, God can soon change our sweets into bitters. Therefore, let us be humble. 
but he can, with equal ease, transform our bitters into sweets. Therefore, let us be hopeful. The comforts of God's grace are the sweeter when they follow the troubles of life. We must be willing to trust in the Savior. He goes on to say, Severe trouble in a true believer has the effect of loosening the roots of his soul earthward and tightening the anchor hold of his heart heavenward. You know what Spurgeon was essentially saying? The troubles and trials you go through will actually help you loosen your grip on the things of earth and want to tighten it deeper on the things of God. But yet, how many people would you you know that's done the opposite? Affliction and trouble and difficulty has caused them to drift farther from the Lord. Dear Christian, may I encourage you today to allow God to continue to strengthen you in the trials of life. Maybe there's someone here today that have said, had someone say something to you, to you that just hurt. Years ago, there was a pastor who was leaving his area and was saying farewell <clears throat> to his congregation at the church doors for the last time. He shook the hand of an elderly lady as he walked out, and she said, your successor won't be as good as you. Man, he was flattered. He said, nonsense. She said, oh yeah, really? I've been here under five different ministers, and each new one has been worse than the last. Okay. <laughs> Now, that's not something you want to hear. Right? There have been times, maybe, when someone has said something to you that was wrong. Someone mistreated you. Good people sometimes do that. Maybe today, you sat in somebody's seat. No, teasing. Maybe you feel like there's been times where good people have done things that you didn't understand. Why would they do that? Let me give you a little hint. We're humans. Can't help it. We're not perfect. But I'm here today to say there's a God who will not fail you. There is a God who is perfect. And he will never fail you. Uh, There's a Scottish author, George MacDonald, and he tells the story of a woman who had experienced great tragedy in her life. And he says this, The heartache was so crushing and her sorrow so bitter that the one in distress exclaimed, I wish... I'd never been made. With spiritual discernment, her friend answered, My dear, you are not fully made yet. You're only being made. And this is the maker's process. Would to God we have good friends like that in our life. Why was I even made? No, 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 you're not done being made yet. God's still working on you. I remember a song when I was in elementary school. He's still working on you to make you what you ought to be. God's working on us. He's trying to help us. Someone said this, For all the heartaches and the tears, for gloomy days and fruitless years, I do give thanks, for now I know these were the things that helped me grow. And so you see Naomi and her arrival, God's hand was there. Naomi's appearance, so they weren't sure what had happened to her, though it looked like she had been affected so much by the affliction and trial she went to. God was still there through it all. He had got her back into his will. She's the one who had left. And then third of all, if you're writing this morning, I want to see God's hand 
and Naomi's affliction. And Naomi's affliction. Not just in her appearance, but the very thing she was afflicted with. The Bible says in verse number 20, And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. And I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? She gives four accusations against God. She's bitter. She's disgruntled. She's discouraged. She's frustrated. And she lets God have it in her speech to her fellow Israelites. She accuses his name should I, which means uh, uh, sufficient by dealing bitterly. She accuses him for being Yahweh when she says, brought me home again empty. She once again accuses Yahweh when testified against me. And then should I, who hath afflicted me. But what she failed to remember is that the word should I, God's name should I, actually means one who is sufficient in our suffering. Do you realize this morning, God is enough in himself. He is self-sufficient. But yet, how many of us, including me, like to be known as self-sufficient, self-made? We did this on our own. We did this. And God says, no, 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 no. You need me. Paul Chappell said, we don't need to explain to God our deficiencies. We need to trust in his sufficiency. How many people are too confident in themselves? And how many are too hard on themselves? But God says, no matter if you're hard on yourself or you're not hard on yourself, I still am sufficient for you. You need me. Will you lean on me? The Lord may calm the storm around you, one person said. But more often, he'll calm the storm within you. How many would love for God to calm the storm you're in right now? But yet, sometimes God will just calm the storm that's inside of you. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. God sometimes will calm the storm inside of you instead of the storm around you. Fitzhouse said this, We cannot avoid growing old, but we can avoid growing cold. Now, I'm not talking about temperature-wise. I'm talking about a heart that becomes cold and indifferent to the things of God. Fitzhouse went on to say, Lord, keep me from being bitter when things don't go my way, and grant me your grace and wisdom to do your will today. Just be faithful and leave the results up to God. May I encourage us just to turn to faith in Christ. The Bible says the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing in Romans 15. Spur said this, The sun that hardens clay to brick can soften wax to shape and mold. So two life's trials will harden some while others purify as gold. Is God, are you allowing God to purify you as gold? Or are you instead becoming hardened to the things of God? May I say God is a wonderful, merciful Savior. And he desperately wants to allow you to work, him to work through you. I think of Moses. Can you imagine? After taking God's people all the way across the desert, 
And oftentimes he had been their intercessor and talked God out of destroying them. He had been there within their complaints day after day after day. And he finally gets to a point when instead of speaking to a rock, he hits a rock and God says, you cannot go into the promised land. Could you imagine how Moses must have felt? God, come on, one time I messed up. Why don't you forgive me? Oh, God probably did. In fact, he did forgive him, but he did not allow him to go into the promised land. So what happens? Moses gets to see into the promised land in his last few days of his life. He praises the Lord in Deuteronomy 32 and urges a new generation of Israelites to obey him. Wow. Could you do that? Could I do that? Moses could have got cold and hurt. He could have got bitter, could have got upset, but instead... He rejoiced in his God. Dehan said this, Though wrinkles and weakness come with age, and life with its stress take its toll, yet beauty and vigor can still be seen when Jesus gives peace to our soul. Life's trials should make us better, not bitter. And Naomi is bitter, but yet she doesn't understand that God's hand is in all this. God's about ready to make her life so much better. Years ago, uh, someone was listening, a pastor was listening to a radio broadcast of J. Vernon McGee. And he was sitting in his parking lot. Church was going to get started in a little bit. And J. Vernon McGee said, when the experiences of life are bitter, what can make them sweet? And about that instant, the preacher looked in his rearview mirror and saw a little boy with cerebral palsy struggling with his mother by his side to get into church. His face was happy. He was going to go and meet and worship his God. Right about that moment, J. Vernon McGee says, What can sweeten the painful experiences of life? He says, Only the cross of Christ. And then J. Vernon McGee says, It's quoted Exodus 15, verse 25. Moses cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. If you remember the story, the waters were bitter. The people wanted to drink, but they were bitter. And God said, cut down a tree and throw it in there. And J. Vernon McGee went on to say that same tree that made those waters sweet was the same tree that was given for you and me. He quoted 1 Peter 2.24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. I don't know how bitter you are today at life. I don't know what all you've been through. I don't want to pretend to know. But I do know something when I was a 10 year old boy that happened in my life that changed my life completely. 26 years later, I am still thankful. In fact, way more than I was on that day. There's just something about getting to know the Lord more and more, how much more grateful you are for Him. But I'll forget the day when I heard for the first time that really made sense to me. I heard it countless times before. But on this day, it really spoke to me that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus Christ was willing God in the flesh to die on a cross 
and shed his blood for you and me. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there was, there was a need for someone to pay for my sin debt. For your sin debt. For the sin debt of the whole world. And we had sinned the bad things we had done. Like lying, stealing and cheating. I knew that I had done wrong. And I knew that bitterness of sin. I knew that weight of sin was so heavy. That I did not know what to do with it. I needed a Savior. And I heard for the first time it really clicked. There's a free gift of salvation. But God commendeth. God gave his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'll never forget sitting there on the pew, hearing that for the first time it really clicked. Wow. Jesus, why would you do that for me? I'm no one special. Man, I went forward and I prayed and invited Jesus Christ to my life. And that burden of sin fell off me. So happy. Jesus Christ was my Lord and Savior. And that once bitterness of sin was made sweet by the cross of Jesus Christ. May I say today, the only way you're going to cross that chasm between you and God is not by good works, is not by religion, but by the cross of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that this morning? Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, if Jesus would do that for you, Pastor Justin, would you do it for me? I promise you he would. The Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's you and me. Will you come to Christ today? Will you give him your life? Would it be that all of God's people could see him always as ample, adequate, competent, large enough, and sufficient when we are experiencing adversity. C.A.D. said this, before affliction, straying, in affliction, learning, after affliction, knowing. And my dear friend, the cross of Christ can sweeten the most bitter experience of life. Psalms 119.92 says, unless thy law had been my delights, I should have perished in mine affliction. God is so good. His word is so rich. Instead of running to what the world has for solutions and getting drunk or getting high or whatever the case may be for you to cope with it, if you will, will you run to Jesus? He is enough. His precious blood wants to save you. And so we see the affliction of this woman. She's on the brink. She's teetering. But may I say, Naomi, hold strong, because if you turn away now, you will be impacted, your daughter will be impacted, all of Israel will be impacted, and one day, all of us will be impacted if you turn away now. Years ago, in May of 1998, the failure of a control processor on board the Galaxy 4 communication satellite caused it to rotate out of position and turn away from Earth. In an instant, 40 million pagers, remember those days? 40 million pagers became useless pieces of plastic. Well, they must still be useless because they're not around anymore. But anyways, (laughs) hundreds of retail stores and scores of radio and TV stations were also affected. All because one satellite turned the wrong way. My question to you this morning is how many people will be impacted if you will turn away today. 
May you be like Naomi and hang on. Hang on! But this affliction is hard, Pastor, I know. This difficulty is tough, I know. I can't imagine. I don't want to pretend to try to figure your situation out. But I can tell you one thing. You'll never regret keeping a hold on to God. He will help you get through it. Although Naomi did not know it at the time in returning to Bethlehem, she had gone to the very place where bitterness could be removed. J. Vernon McGee says this again. There was a blessing awaiting her in Bethlehem that would make the name Mara as unsuitable for her as she now supposed Naomi to be. And though Naomi thought she was useless and bitter and all used up and done, God says, no, 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 no. You've come to the right place. Things are about ready to turn around. And you will one day be pleasant once again. Which brings us to number four. We'll hasten through this. Naomi's awaited blessing. If you're writing, Naomi's awaited blessing. The Bible says, So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite is her daughter-in-law, which returned out of the country of Moab. What's interesting here is two things. First of all, though Naomi wants to be called Mara, God says, no. Samuel, make sure you write there, Naomi returned. Though Naomi wanted her name changed, God says, no, no, no. You are still pleasant. And may I say, God is never done with you, no matter how bad or how far off you think you are. God still wants you, just as you are. And then second of all, it says, Ruth the Moabitess. This is the first time Ruth is referred to as a Moabitess. The very thing that God said would never be allowed into Israel because of their sin. Remember, Ruth's God, Shemosh, was a place where they sacrificed babies up. It was a wicked, awful, awful place. But God says, hey, I'm going to have a channel of my blessing through Ruth. And you and I today can sing and rejoice because God, because he used Ruth, a Gentile, God can use you and me today as well through his channel. Second of all, through his condition. It's interesting here, these two women returned at the beginning of barley harvest. Isn't that interesting? Naomi had heard that God had visited his people. Naomi assumed that there was going to be food. But at the exact right time, she comes down that hill that dangerous, that difficult journey. She complains about her appearance. She complains about her affliction. But at that very exact time, God says, hey, the barley harvest is just being harvested. Isn't that amazing? God didn't bring her to her halfway through harvest. He didn't bring her back at the end of harvest. He brought her right back at the beginning of harvest. May I say, God's timing is always right. No matter what we think, God's always in control. Should I, the sufficient one, was able to bring Ruth and Naomi right at the right time. Naomi could have focused, Guzik said, on what she had lost. She could have focused on losing her son, her other son, her husband, her daughter-in-law, how she had lost her affluence, how she had lost lost her appearance. She'd lost all these things, but instead, she focused on Ruth. 
the one person that was going to be able to help her the most. And may I just throw this out here? How often do we focus on the bad things of life when there's still good in it? How often do we focus on all the bad things in our country and our world today, even in Portland? And may I say, there are a lot of bad things. But never focus so much on the bad that you fail to see the goodness of God. I think today we can look around and say we're thankful for what God's doing here. May I encourage you to stay focused on the goodness of God. It was God who took away the famine. It was God who had opened a way home. It was God who in the fullness of time, his plans came about. John 10, 28, verse 29 says, And I give unto them eternal life, that they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. Aren't you thankful today that nothing you can do can be plucked out of God's hand? He's greater than all. Someone said this, Do your present circumstances picture a frowning providence? Soon you will understand that behind the frowning providence hides a smiling face. Yesterday morning, I drove here. We had a, the men's breakfast, and then I had a meeting uh, with the potential builder. Uh, uh, then I, we had a, a discipleship, and then we had a, 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 we're going to set up everything for today. And I'm driving here, and it's foggy, it's cloudy, it's misty. And I said, the weatherman lied to me today. It was supposed to be a perfect sunball. Man, I was so frustrated. Not that we couldn't have had the day with sun or not, but I just was hoping for sun. After I got through all my meetings, I walked out and I saw the sun. After we set everything up, I looked over and there was Mount Hood. You know Mount Hood was there three hours before? (laughs) How many times do we look at the fog of life and God says, hey, don't give up. Don't question. I'm right here. I'm Mount Hood that's never moved. You just couldn't see me. Years ago, William Cowper wrote this. God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Wow, what a powerful song. But what's interesting here is William Cowper, when he wrote this, was struggling with depression and doubt. And one night he decided to commit suicide by drowning himself in the Thames River. So he got a cab and he told the cab driver, you need to go to Thames River, that's where I want to go. The story goes on that a thick fog ascended upon that area and the driver drove around and drove around and even the most obvious landmarks could not be seen. And the story goes that after about an hour of driving, the cab driver ended up right at Cowper's front door and Cowper walked back inside and decided not to do it. Friends, I want to encourage you today that even in our blackest moments, God watches over us. His providential hand is in the arrival of Naomi and the appearance of Naomi and the affliction of Naomi and the awaited blessing. Will will you continue to hold on like Naomi? Will you continue to trust your God? But maybe you like Ruth. You want God, but you just don't know how to find him. You're here at the right place. I say Jesus wants to be found. You can give your life to Christ today. Your burden of sin can roll off like mine did years ago. And you can have the peace that passes all understanding. And you can have a confidence in your heart that you're a child of God.
if you will accept him as your Savior today. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. I just have two questions today. It's just a simple response to the message. Number one, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Maybe you've dealt with some hard things in your life and you've been struggling and you're looking for a Savior. Jesus Christ wants to be that for you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, how many would say, Pastor Justin, I'm new here. I don't even know you. But something in the message today about the gospel of Jesus Christ and what Jesus did for me, I want that. I want Jesus in my life. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I won't embarrass anyone. I just want to pray for you. How many would say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Just slip up your hand real quick. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Amen. Anybody else this morning? Say, Pastor Justin, maybe in the balcony. I see that hand as well. Say, Pastor Justin, I need Jesus in my life. If you just raise your hand right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, just say something like this in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. Just say something like this in your heart. This is what I said when I was a boy. Something like this. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I deserve to go to hell. But I don't want to go there. Lord, I believe and trust in you. And invite you into my life. Please take me to heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed. How many would say, Pastor Justin, I just prayed that prayer and I meant it. Will you slip your hand real quick? I want to rejoice with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you several, several people. You know, if you just accepted Christ as your Savior, you became a child of God. And you are in his family. As we read a few minutes ago, no man can pluck him out of, your, out of his hand. You're a child of God. You can rest assured with your head on your pillow tonight that you are saved. You're on your way to heaven. God is your heavenly Father. I'd love to talk with you more about it. But how many would say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. But the next thing I want to ask us is how many of you feel like Naomi, just barely hanging on, in your affliction, your trial, your difficulty, whatever you're going through. How many would say, Pastor Justin, will you pray for me that I will keep hanging on? That you will slip your hand this morning. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. I'll push you all over. Maybe there's someone that would say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. I plan on hanging on, but I'm carrying a burden right now. I'm overwhelmed. Will you pray for me? If that's you, will you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. Lord, you see the hands. You know the hearts. Lord, I don't know what everyone's story is. I don't know what everyone's going through, but I do know you're a saving God, and thank you for the many people that accepted you as their Savior today. Lord, I do know you're a great God and you want to help bear these burdens, Lord. I pray you'll help these burdens. Maybe it's a financial issue, a relationship issue. Maybe it's a health issue. I don't know what it is, but I pray they'll give it to you. And I pray they, like Naomi, won't give up. Though they may have said some things that they didn't mean and though they may have struggled with some things, they'll await your blessing and they'll allow you to come through for them. They won't give up on you. Maybe some have been out of church for a while. They want to get back in again. Or may you help them with that. Maybe some are struggling in some different areas. May they respond to you. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand to your feet, the piano's playing. If God spoke to your heart this morning, may I encourage you to come forward at this time. Maybe spend a minute in prayer with God. Maybe there's someone today that would like to follow Lord in baptism or would like to join the church. We'd love to talk to you about that. Maybe there's someone that would say, you know, Pastor Justin, I just would love someone to pray with me. Please come forward at this time. We want to pray with you.
Maybe you'd like to stay there in your pew and pray. That's okay. But don't leave today without talking with God. Prayer is simply talking with God. He's listening. Talk to him right now in your heart and just pray. Give it to God, whatever you're struggling with, whatever is deterring you, whatever is burdening down. Maybe it's a sin that you're struggling with and it's keeping you from God. May I encourage you to give it to God. Ask for forgiveness. He wants to forgive you. May I encourage you to just take a minute this morning and just pray. Allow God to work as only he can. May you respond to the message as God would have you to today. God bless you. You may be seated. We just got another minute or two if you could give it to us. Uh, We have everything ready outside, and we'll have a great time uh, in a little bit. And thank you so much for coming today. If you're visiting with us, we're so glad you're here. We really do want to get to know you. We do have a gift for you on the way out. And if this is your returning guest, maybe you haven't been able to be here in a while, thank you for coming. We're so glad you're here. And uh, we're looking forward to getting to see you and get to know you again. And if you're just a faithful member, we're glad you're here as well. Uh, we have a decision this morning. Hunter Burns accepted Christ as his Savior this week, and he wants to follow it in baptism today. We had a, a youth rally at Timberline Baptist Church. I think 120 of our teens went over there, and we just had a great time and great preaching. And one of the messages just spoke to his heart, and he accepted Christ as his Savior. And we're so excited. He's getting ready, and uh, after we watch our next video, he'll be ready to get baptized Uh, But before we show the video, I just want to remind us, uh, after the service here, once we're dismissed, if you want to make your way down, we have a pumpkin pumpkin pie and cookies. You can have a little sweet treat on your way out. There's inflatables for the kids. There's a petting zoo uh, with calves and alpaca. Uh, Let's see here, goats. There's baby goats. There's bunnies. And there's pigs. So you'll be glad uh, you went and saw them. They would love to see you even though they'll have no idea why you're there. But anyways, and then there's the apple slingshot. There's a pumpkin patch. We have the pictures, uh, family pictures. Just just have a good time for a little bit. Maybe get to know someone new and, and say hello to someone and just, just spend some time, if you will. Uh, be careful as you leave. There'll be people walking through the parking lot. So just be careful of that. And uh, let's show that video. And then tonight at 5 o'clock, Brother Cameron up here will be preaching. You'll you'll enjoy hearing him. And so I hope you'll be back tonight at 5. Let's watch the video, and then we'll have the baptism. Good morning, and thank you for joining us on Pumpkin Sunday. We hope this morning's sermon with Pastor Justin Lehman was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 for a sermon from our young adult pastor, Cameron Howell. The next starting point class will be next Sunday, October 8th. 
Starting Point is an opportunity for you to explore membership at Grandview to find out more about growing in your relationship with Christ and getting connected and plugged in, and to ask any questions that you might have. Enjoy a delicious meal while learning how to take the next step in your journey of faith here at Grandview. Child care is provided. If you would like to be a part of this class, please sign up at the welcome desk. Churchwide Outreach will meet Saturday, October 7th at 10.15 a.m. Join us for a delicious breakfast and an opportunity to share your faith in our community. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. Accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes. Yes, praise the Lord. Hunter, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Well, praise the Lord. What a wonderful day it's been here in, in God's house. I uh, just want to say two more quick things about the uh, the pumpkin patch down here. There is a pumpkin shortage going on in America right now. Uh, and so for families that came and want to take uh, pumpkins for your, your entire extended family, if you would help us, um, just uh, junior high and down, t- try to take one pumpkin per person, and there'll be plenty for all of us here on property today, and I appreciate your help with that. Uh, for the elderly, we do have a drive through available if you'd like to stop and get some pumpkin pie, but you don't want to uh, walk across the yard to see any bunnies or uh, alpacas today, but uh, you can drive your car down there and they'll be able to help serve you from your car. Uh, Let's go ahead and go to Lord in prayer and we'll be dismissed. Father, we love you. Thank you for all you've done for us, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. And Father, I pray that today, uh, through the festivities, through the time here on campus, that you would work in our hearts. Lord, that you would bind our hearts together with one another in fellowship and encouragement. And God, that your work would be done in mightily through us. And we'll give you the honor and praise for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.